No more Order 66. What have I told you about wire hangers? I mean Order 66. Stay tuned for Star Wars. and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about animation, storytelling, and reversals of fortune at times of war. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And today we're talking about Clone Wars, The Bad Batch. It's been a while since we were a Star Wars podcast, but we do moonlight as a Star Wars podcast. Star Wars animation podcast. That's true, although I'm sure you could cobble together enough of my, like, uh, Rise of Skywalker apologizing uh, to make a full hour episode from everything we've recorded. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mackenzie, we're here again because Dave Filoni and Lucasfilm, it's not just like Dave Filoni in a room. Not just Dave. Like clicking on things and making things happen, which I imagine most people imagine that's the way that shows happen. Like Dave Filoni goes in a room and like comes out with, what is it, like a flash drive with like a BB unit on it that's like, here you go. I like to think that it's, um, there are people out there that believe both the myth that like the actors make up the plot for a TV episode on the spot. And that's what they get paid to do. And two, uh, they believe in the myth of the auteur and that Dave Filoni is solely responsible. So, like, the actors live ad lib a Star Wars episode and Dave Filoni alone is, like, animating the entire thing with, like, no backup or pre-engineering or programming. Just live. That's how it's done. (laughs) I mean, that's the only way it could work, right? (laughs) We're doing it live! We're doing doing animation live! Pops on that hat and, like, goes to town and creates a new Star Wars show. (laughs) Here we go, folks. That's my Dave Filoni impression. Here we go, folks. This one's called A Blue Hope. (laughs) Um, So there's a new show. Um, Dave Filoni has been uh, um, ascended to animation guru. I don't know. I don't know what his title is these days. I don't think he's so much like the showrunner as he was for Clone Wars. And I think even Rebels, he was showrunner. But I think he's now executive animated producer or something. I don't know what he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but The Bad Batch is the new show from um, the brain of Dave and probably George. I'm going to give George Lucas some credit for this one. He's probably not directly involved with the show per se, but like. The Bad Batch is from the Clone Wars, and the Clone Wars is George to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And this show is um, of of all the animated Star Wars shows, of all the Star Wars TV shows. This is probably the one where it is most helpful to have seen some of the other shows. <laughs> I don't know if there's a lot of appeal in like starting the Bad Batch cold if you've never seen or know anything about the Clone Wars. I would totally agree with that. Yeah. 
I think they make very clear in the opening credits that this is the Clone Wars continued. Right. Which was a fun, fun way to begin. But before we hop into like the fun storytelling and callbacks and things that happen and our, not opinions, but our, this, what seeds that have been planted we think are going to sprout and not just from the premiere, but from Star Wars extended, like all the, all the hopes that we have for these things have been planted. I wonder if they'll sprout from this series before we talk about all of that, where does Star Wars The Bad Batch plant itself? <laughs> like, where does it take root? Well, it begins um, literally with Order 66. So we're following a group of clone soldiers. And of course, if you know much about Star Wars, uh, you know about the clones. If you don't know much about Star Wars, I'm not sure why you're listening to this, but thank you. We're grateful. Uh, <laughs> so there's clones, there's clone troopers in the era of the Republic, and then they all betray the Jedi and execute them. And then mysteriously, at some point in the next 14 years, those clones are all gone. Mm. So this show begins with uh, a group of extraordinary clones who are kind of outsiders in that group and begins to pick up the story of what happens at least to them, it seems like, which I think will be a um, microcosm of what happens to the clones overall and kind of answering that big question of Star Wars. And it is a big question that's never really been answered. How do we get from clone trooper to stormtrooper? And episode four. And why? Why does that happen? And I think the answer to that really, like, I think we can all think of, like, a fairly logical answer. And I think that there's a line from Tarkin in the premiere that, like, succinctly answers that definitively and go, like, yeah, that is exactly what the Empire would say. I get it. (laughs) Topical for our time and fits into the story. I can't wait to unpack that a little bit more. That's exciting to me. Hopefully also to the people listening, but also to me, because this is really what, it, what it's about, is unpacking things with you. It's like, it's like unboxing videos, but for plots. That's what this is. <laughs> I just realized podcast. what our podcast is. It's an unboxing. <laughs> We're going to unbox. Here's, this epi- here's the first premiere episode of The Bad Batch. Hmm, okay, so the packaging, it looks a little bit like The Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah it starts off with The Clone Wars. Hmm. I'm just going to open this here. Oh, look, it's <clears throat> I, I've totally reframed this podcast for for myself just now. I will say I'm, I'm glad that there are unboxings in the world. I'm glad that like we've discussed Star Wars in the past and Star Wars shows. I part of how I feel recently as I hesitate to use the word fan of Star Wars because I feel like that associates me with all kinds of people that I don't necessarily want to be associated with <laughs> on the Internet. Uh, but as a person who likes Star Wars and thinks a lot about it in positive, nice ways and loves its campiness, um, I feel like a lot of trailers for recent Star Wars things, the trailers aren't catered to me. Mm. And it kind of pitches like an action-heavy, dark, gritty show. And then that's not what the thing actually is. 
I'm thinking specifically like the trailer for Solo. I'm like, I don't need this. And then I watched it like, I love this movie. This is not what I expected <laughs> at all. The trailer for The Mandalorian, like, I don't want to see like a sad cowboy show. Like, oh, it's not that. That's wonderful. And so seeing the, seeing the trailer for The Bad Bash for the first time and going like, okay. They're pitching it as a bunch of like Rambos going rogue and being betrayed by their country. Um, and objectively, past experience has taught me the Bad Batch will not be just that. And that also Dave Filoni won't allow a show to be an all male main cast. Like there's going to be some women in here somewhere. At some point, I would hope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, Hunter, who is going to be our main character, whose arc we follow, I feel. Um, Hunter is wearing a red headband. <laughs> He's Rambo. Yeah. He's Rambo. He's he's clone clone Rambo. That's that's who we have as our main character. Or like the if we're if we're pitching like okay, who represents what? He's the heart of the story, and it's his heart that's going to guide us through this story. Right? Yeah, I think that's that's true. That's exactly what the the premiere seems to hint at and alludes to. Um, I guess I, at this point of Star Wars metaculture, you've seen at least The Mandalorian, if nothing else, Star Wars. And I don't think it's a mistake that The Bad Batch of The Mandalorian seem to have a fairly similar premise and main character. I think they're going to take these in completely different directions and do really interesting different things with them. Um, but it's interesting to see another like lone wolf daddy type, but not like daddy daddy you know sure (laughs) and then like what if lone wolf has heart also there's a child a hey what did i call omega where's my note the grzokra of the show part grogu part ezra part ahsoka grzokra That sounds like something you would order fried. And delicious, might I add. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You don't even need the dip. Don't even order the dip. You're not going to use it. (laughs) It's a Star Wars trope. It works. Universe-wise, like, slightly battle-hardened and uh, jaded heroes of talent pick up... um, young kid who's never been to space before, then they have adventure and kid is the key to it all. I mean, that's... <laughs> that's, that's Star, Star Wars, Wars bro! Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to go for the this Star Wars, bro. I would guess baby works, too. Yeah. Hmm. So, if, if you haven't watched the premiere episode, uh... I don't know if there's like not a there's not very much that we could say beyond what we've said just now. That's that can't get into spoilers for the premiere. So if you're curious on, I don't know if I want to keep watching this show. Um, and you want to like I don't know if I want to watch the premiere. We'll talk through it. You can then decide if this is something you're like okay that's this kind of Star Wars, Star Wars story I want to watch. We're not gonna. You're not gonna get a lot ruined by hearing us 
spoil the first episode of The Bad Batch because all it is is groundwork and building up a foundation for a launch pad for this particular episode or and show. And if you're still like, I don't want to hear even that spoiler before I decide to watch this, like StarWars.com and the Star Wars social media team did put out like a, here's stuff we recommend you watch before this. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can watch some of that, get a feel for what they're going to build off of, uh, and then decide if you want to watch Bad Batch if you're really like a, a anti-spoiler purist. And then come back and finish this podcast. I think that sounds good. That's a good plan. All right, we've jettisoned off the spoiler fearful. So those of you who are still with us, you're okay with the spoilers for the first episode of this series. So welcome, and let's let's hop to it. We're going to make the jump to the spoiler zone. All right, so when the main character died, no, it's just, <laughs> that's not. So we have... We have the, the Bad Batch clones from the Bad Batch series of episodes from the final season of The Clone Wars. I was so afraid. I'm going to say this, and then I'll say a nice thing. I was so afraid that those that series of episodes was some backdoor pilot to these characters that I didn't think were very interesting in the Clone Wars. And then it became a backdoor pilot to the these characters. And after this first episode, I'm I'm on board with it. Like it, it took one episode for me to get there. I feel about the same. Kind of when they announced the final season of Clone Wars uh being finished and like and a third of that is a bad batch. It's kinda like, oh, Really? Why? Uh, <laughs> now it makes sense. I think that the Bad Batch was some of the first um, story reels they released to the public way back when the Clone Wars was canceled. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, we didn't finish everything. Here's uh, four episodes of animatics. <laughs> like, shield your eyes, but it's all voice acted of this Bad Batch arc. And uh, So I wasn't like crazy excited personally having watched that already going to the final season of Clone Wars. I think they improved those episodes in that nearly a decade uh, of not having finished them. Um, and I'm, the result end of that, that bad batch arc of the Clone Wars, I think is something that I can go like, I enjoyed that and I could never see more of this and I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But yes, this premiere of the bad batch is, a whole new direction adds depth. And I think the key is that the Clone Wars episode isn't about the Bad Batch. They're just there. Right. And I think it goes also goes to this idea of during the Clone Wars, soldiers, we have soldiers, and these are the ragtag bunch of, you know, dirty dozen folk of, like, really people who are good at their jobs. They are the best soldiers. Five, five of them take out four tanks in the opening scene. Could have been five tanks. I can't remember. How. It was a lot of tanks that they took out. Um, five people on their own. So you know like these are great warriors. But what is a great warrior 
when the war is over mm-hmm. is really, you know, what use do we have of all these soldiers once the, there's no more war? And that's a more interesting thing. And at first, I thought the Bad Batch was going to be more of these characters fighting battles. It's like, great, let's watch some action figures fight. And that's not the kind of thing that I'm interested in. But, like, let's watch some people deal with some emotional stuff. Yeah, now I'm ready. That's that's more interesting to me. Now we're on board, but we're not going to, like, make a trailer of just characters sitting around the dark hold of the ship talking about their feelings, uh, which you and I would enjoy, but perhaps the people here, I will use the word fans, Star Wars fans um, won't necessarily be attracted to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we've, we've had this conversation about Star Wars, but it's nev- never really about the war, like the war. It's, it's about star feelings. Yeah, star feelings. How do you but, grapple with star legacy? Yeah, what but if you have know, star daddy issues? <laughs> that doesn't really sell tickets, though. You know, episode four, star daddy. <laughs> well, that is a that's, a, five, that's a different thing entirely that you would not find at a regular video shop. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> now we know that it's that the war is just the thing that surrounds us ooh, and binds us. <laughs> to this story, we have the five main characters, Hunter, Rambo, Rambo Daddy. We have Tech, who's the smart one, the brains of the operation. We have Wrecker, who is just the big one, the Hulk version. Like Yeah, he's, he's the Hulk one. That's fair. Hulk with heart. Because, I mean, so Hulk. Hulk has... So Hulk, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say so. MCU Hulk. Right, thank you for clarifying. Ruffalo um, Hulk. Echo, who is a reg, but not so reg. He's more machine than man now. He's more, thank you for that. I mean, they say that about him, too. It's, it's, it's like poetry, it rhymes. Yes, um, and then we have, those are our, oh, and Crosshair. I apologize. I almost forgot Crosshair. I mean, he's the other one in the Bad Batch, but uh, jury's out if he's a main character or not. He's at least a main antagonist. Yeah. It's not. So one of the big questions when you're starting with clones these five in particular, uh, is what's going to happen with Order 66? And that's that's the lovely thing that we get about prequel series is, um, what is that called? Dramatic irony. The audience knows something that the main characters don't know is coming. So we're just waiting for the Emperor to come out and say Order 66. And when that happens, we know what's supposed to happen. And when that's called and the Bad Batch mostly are like, okay, (laughs) they were not affected by it. Like, great. How is this going to be? um, How is this going to pay off? This idea that there's something in them 
that didn't get activated, mm -hmm. um, except slightly for Crosshair, because in that first scene, he's kind of like sort of feeling that something's there, but also listening to Hunter give him orders. Yeah. I think there might be a little bit of a... I think Tech kind of alludes that there might be the threat of this could affect them still, but it seems like he he doesn't call it crosshair specifically. And there's a lot of like reading between the lines with what Tech says in this show so far of like Tech says blank, but isn't like super specific and clear. Then two scenes later to explain like, well, yeah, obviously it's a chip in our brains. What did you think I meant by programmed? <laughs> Like actual literal programming. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. And he never says, it affected Crosshair. He says, I can't be sure we're immune to its effects, then looks at Crosshair. <laughs> right. But also wondering if it's about any of them, knowing mm -hmm. that one of them is, here's the evidence for my theory over there. Yeah. And of, all, of any of them to go bad... I don't think we're surprised that it's Crosshair. I mean, <laughs> I said this before we started recording, but I'll reiterate, like, he talks like a Slytherin. Like, he's <laughs> he's the one. Sometimes you want your uh, betrayals to be surprising in an animated thing, like in Frozen. Uh, it's a, a gut punch when Prince What's-His-Face uh, turns out to be the villain. Hans? Hans. Okay, Prince Hans. I should, with a name like Hans. Um, Hans. <laughs> Hans! Um, like, that's a gut punch, and that's surprising. He's supposed to feel like a hero before that. Um, and here in the Bad Batch, this is a premiere episode. We're not halfway through the movie. I think it's okay to know who your betrayer is going to be in the first scene. That's all right. Because this whole series is ramifications like that's that's what this whole series is is based on it's not it's not like oh gosh we're the surprises it's the ramifications of these things happening mm -hmm. it's the ramifications of the war ending the ramifications of your one of your friends turning it's one of the ramifications of having your purpose taken away like it's that's that's where we're starting. With. So like the whole the whole series, I feel, is going to be about that, and that's what it's setting up. So, yeah, this betrayal can't be a surprise in that sense because that's not what it's about. It's not about oh no, Crosshair turned on us. Yeah, it, which makes it different than the betrayal in Star Wars Resistance. For any Star Wars fans who watch that. You know, that betrayal was, like, laid off toward the end of season one. Like, that that was a massive... Yeah, that's turn. the halfway point of the show. Like, mm -hmm. here's our midpoint. This is like, you could look away to go get a stack in the first five minutes to come back. You're like, oh, Crosshair is evil now? Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit slower than that, but not by much. I, I do enjoy that beyond, like... The programming bit they take. Uh, when I rewatched this premiere episode, 
what I thought was really effective in how they constructed the episode were the three other characters that are familiar to Star Wars fans that they brought in at various points of this. They have, of course, um, Caleb Doom or Baby Kanan from Star Wars Rebels at the very beginning. You have Tarkin in the middle. Grand Moff Tarkin. I think, I forget if he's a Grand Moff here or not. Um, and you have Saw Gerrera also towards the end. And these three familiar characters which make you as a Star Wars like deeply ingrained uh, lore person perk up and go like, ah, I know these people. should pay attention to these scenes. That makes you pay attention more. And they also offer the three choices for all of our main characters. And we do mm. see them all kind of work through that process on their own and separately. They don't just all like holistically decide to make a choice or not. Um, through Caden, we see the, the choices. Cool, there's an empire now. You can run. With Tarkin, you can conform. Or with Saw, you can fight. Obviously, Crosshair chooses conform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Takes the rest of them, getting them to the last choice to go. Like, what was choice number one again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like these other two. What's, uh... What happened the first time? Cool. Let's try that. <laughs> That's a really cool way of of looking at those those three particular moments. Well, this is a tangent, but that's um, I think an effective way of doing storytelling. When you have a character or a celebrity actor in a live action thing that the audience is expecting to see or will pay attention to. You kind of use that to your advantage. Um, I saw a production of King Lear more than a decade ago in London that had Ian McKellen as King Lear. It's really good, but the the learning there is if you've read King Lear, King Lear himself is not in it for a number of scenes. And what the production did is they added a scene, very first thing, that's just a silent scene of Ian McKellen as King Lear leading a procession of his court across the stage and doing like a royal reception. And you start with Ian McKellen, even though that's not how the play begins. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, he got out of the way. There's no anticipation or waiting. And so I'm using that lens to look at these Caden, Tarkin, and Saw here of like, we know these people. Why are they here? I'm okay if we never saw any of them again. I think we'll see at least one of them again at some point. Tarkin. Um mm-hmm. But, like, why are they here? Do they need to be here? Because we shouldn't just reuse Star Wars people for the sake of reusing Star Wars people. As much as I love Kanan, if we don't see Kanan again in the show, I'm totally okay with that. Unless there's, like, another really stellar, spectacular reason to have him. And I feel like there's not. I feel like his story doesn't pick back up. Um, I would have felt like there wasn't a reason to have him until the episode began and he was there. And I was like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. (laughs) But... I'm open to being surprised, uh, but it should be for a real good reason. Mm-hmm. But also, it's, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to bring someone in like Kanan, you know, good old Freddy, you know, back back in for, for this moment because that has to set up, as you were saying, it sets up two different things. It sets up their abilities and then it sets up their their choices right away. In, in that first, what well, which could have been a, a 12 minute episode of a different show, you know, like, yeah. 
we need someone who runs away. Well, most of the clones don't run away, and the clones that don't run away, we already have another place in the galaxy. <laughs> and all the Jedi are dead. Oh, wait, no, they're not. Uh, <laughs> that felt like that was... <laughs> rather than creating, like, another... <laughs> yet another Jedi who escapes Order 66 we've never heard of, let's reuse one of the ones we've already talked about and just show that moment. It's really... It's a genius way of constructing this story, both in the meta narrative of Star Wars and what this show needs in its first 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So what do we assume looking through the premiere as to what are the, what are the stories that we're going to get out of this? Or like, what's the, what are some of the things that we're thinking have been planted beyond just the Hunter Omega relationship, you know, Omega as this, younger sister, daughter type character. I know that she holds the mystery that we're going to solve, that we might solve um, throughout this series because of one, one big thing about Star Wars is the purpose that you have as a person, you know, the purpose that you're planned for versus the purpose that you decide to take. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you some somebody's granddaughter and your grand purpose is for something terrible and then you decide to say no to that purpose? Yeah, do you just, are you a child girl living on a clone world who has the same haircut as Palpatine and he was a senator for no reason? I don't know. Maybe. Spoilers, maybe? We'll see if I'm right. It's Ray. It's Ray. I mean, she does have a, a rayish accent. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, there's the mystery of o- Omega. Um, I think there's the mystery of what happens to the clones as a whole, but also the clones who we know and care about. Such as the five or other ones? I mean, the these five whose names we know and probably the other um one of the bad batch trailers has like rex or at least someone wearing captain rex's armor in it at some point so presumably we'll see more rex how did he go from escaping a star destroyer with ahsoka to living on a desert planet with two other clones who remove their chip like how do those other clones know how to remove their chips hmm wonder if we'll get to that in this show It'd be um, nice too. I personally just want resolution onto the whole Rex and Captain Cody plot. What happens to Cody after he shoots Obi-Wan? Like we haven't seen any more Cody and that's one of my plot holes of Star Wars. I want to know, I guess not plot hole, but I want to know more about Cody. What's his life like? Hmm. I think there's other stuff we can fill in in the meta narrative of Star Wars, but those are the main ones. Like the clone army, the clones, Omega herself. Uh, I think we're, I hope we start getting some new characters because it feels like some of the other reused characters, which I hope are just temporarily in the show, like Kanan and Tarkin and Saw, kind of have like their fates kind of outlined already. Mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see how they get to those places but like 
there's not like a will they or won't they die in the show kind of mystery. It's like when they, spoilers for Solo, have Maul at the end of Solo. Like, well, he's already, they killed him off in Rebels later in a few years. So like, we know how he dies. Like, how do you get to that point? I want to know. Maybe they'll put that in the Bad Batch, but there's less of a tense mystery there. Mm-hmm. Right. It's more just like filling in information. Yeah. As opposed to like building something. Which is engaging in Star Wars does the filling in information well. Yes. If you're a less established IP or studio, I think that it is really easy to do poorly <laughs> and kind of makes things drag and makes me hate reboots. But if you're Star Wars, you do it well and you get a pass. Gold star. I see. It's more of a three-dimensional, the build up and fill in space as opposed to like color in lines in a two-dimensional like, yeah, we filled we filled in that plot. Now yeah, we have something closer. Yeah, that's like that's the reason that I kind of wasn't excited for solo as a concept before I saw it. Like, I don't need a Han Solo origin story. <laughs> mm. And that movie didn't make like moments out of everything, uh, which is great. It was just a, a story that happened to be about Han Solo, but it wasn't just like I don't know, I'm trying to think of a, a non-Star Wars example of like a prequel or filling in the thing that I don't need. Um, like any Batman <laughs> between origin and established crime fighter story. Mm. Okay. I haven't seen any of those that really like I needed to have in my life. That makes sense. Anything that can be done with a uh, a little bit of with a small monologue of to get you that there if it can be done in monologue then it doesn't have to be shown i There's worked nothing. real hard and now i'm the batman cool i'm sold i don't, I don't need the montage That's my all friend I need. made me this costume i have money you can just assume that my r&d department made it yep <laughs> I would like to watch that movie where Batman just explains how everything got <laughs> this is the fourth <laughs> this is the fourth iteration of this particular tool the first one blew up second one of battery problems third one they wouldn't let me take on planes <laughs> now I caught you so win on that one. I suppose we're writing Lego Batman 2. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. <laughs> now that we're getting back into the plot and ideas of this premiere, I'm making like scooping fingers, like getting pulling, pulling back in. But the... Why now, besides, you know, everything has to be on Disney Plus, and Disney Plus is able to release many different things at a time. Why are we getting the Bad Batch now? What's what's this story about now? Uh, I think with the um, sequel trilogy of movies complete and knowing kind of, having established where Star Wars is heading in like, 
40 years into the future from the Bad Batch. It was Mandalorian being so popular. Um, I think that the Bad Batch is going to fill in, not for the sake of filling in, but um, give more background and context to some of these things. Clones are kind of in vogue in Star Wars right now. So, like, why... How did Palpatine start his, like, cloning endeavor thing that we see realized in Rise of Skywalker? Uh, why is there someone who's not a Kaminoan with a Kamino patch wandering around Mandalorian interested in Baby Yoda? Um, what happened to the clone soldiers? We're kind of going to this origin nexus point, which could potentially hypothetically answer and set up some more meta-narrative stuff that doesn't have to be in those movies or mm. shows, but um, Star Wars as a whole feels better when we see that connective tissue across the timeline. Mm. I kind of, yeah, I missed that connection point between Mandalorian. I guess there's there's a new thread that's starting, that's a- asking all its own new questions yeah. as it's answering some other ones. It's, I think that's the biggest thing that Star Wars does well is it, even though it grounds itself, if it spins out all these additional possibilities and other questions from itself, like, but, but, but how, 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 what, what, what? And that's fine. That was part of the joy of just the first three Star Wars movies of like every single background character having a name and story that can make an action figure out of. Um, it's like people complaining, why is Darth Maul in this movie? Like you've literally never cared about this in any Star Wars movie before now. Like you want crazy background stories. Right. I just watched this past week in several bursts. We watched A New Hope with, um, with my son, Jack. For the very first, first time, time. Oh, wow. first time, um, he had a couple of questions. One: When does BB-8 show up? Nineteen <laughs> <laughs> uh, seventies yeah. technology. <laughs> uh, then he asked, "Why is it number four? Why did they not start with number one?" I couldn't answer that. I just, and then, and then he, his big ask at the end, sorry for if this ruins it for anybody who's listening to this podcast about this F show, but he was like, why is he shooting at his son? <laughs> <laughs> so, so lots of questions, but but I think there's there's that thing. This is the first time that anyone's seen anything, and there are tons of questions that are unanswered about who is this, why is this, what is that? I mean, we've been asking, what the heck are the Clone Wars since <laughs> before I was born? Yeah. Not long before I was born, but still before I was born. We fought side by side in the Clone Wars. 22 years later. <laughs> Let's explain what that is. <laughs> now's a good time now we have the technology yeah uh yeah it's just this connective tissue it's kind of like um i don't know i feel like a lot of the the star wars animated shows 
specifically add like heart and new characters and connective tissue for like the area they're interested in at the time. Like obviously the Clone Wars show is after they finished the prequels. Like, okay, let's like do the Clone Wars, not just the beginning and the end <laughs> and add context there and kind of add flavor to these character arcs that George planned that were just like way too much for three movies. Mm-hmm. And Rebels was after Disney bought them, and then suddenly everyone was really interested in that right before New Hope time. So we got Rebels and Rogue One and Solo and I think some other formative things that have been canceled and rearranged in the timeline. Um, Disney was really interested in that, so we got Rebels then. And then we got Resistance, kind of in the middle of the sequel trilogy, kind of adding some connective tissue there, like where did this come from and why? Mm-hmm. And now we're between movie trilogies. We don't have anything we're working toward. We can just fill in the Mandalorian. <laughs> give more connective tissue there. Do you think that this will? I, mm, I mean, anytime I, we have Kaminoans, <laughs> anytime we have them, like, then the big questions start being asked, but... What, what are your thoughts? I hope it doesn't, like... I hope we don't literally get, like, an animated Grogu <laughs> Bad Batch. I don't want that. Is that time period? Does that line up? Yeah, because he was trained at the Jedi Temple and hidden during Order 66. Oh, no. <laughs> Not, oh, no, but... Oh. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> yeah, that's more what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I don't want those literal connections. Um, it gets a little... Because, yeah, um, spiritually, I think that it is there. Like I said, I think the Hunter-Omega relationship is very similar to the Din and Grogu relationship. And Dave has worked on both shows, and I I hope that these do go completely different directions. Um, and I think that by showing us two versions of the same thing, as Star Wars often does... Uh, that'll <laughs> add context to both shows as they continue. There's always a daddy and a child. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> Sorry, George. Don't hate me. Um, I, we also like saw in one of the Bad Batch trailers, like there is an animated Fennec, so she'll be in the show at some point. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be nice to get more of like between child Boba Fett of Clone Wars to Empire Strikes Boba Fett to he's <laughs> magically back Boba Fett <laughs> before his show. Like I'm okay seeing more of that progression. I, I do like the idea of something called Empire Strikes Boba Fett. <laughs> like the Empire Strikes Boba Fett. <laughs> Got really distracted by what that could be, um, but now I think that makes sense though to get to build up Boba Fett since we're all looking at in this series clones. You know, do they do they do things? You know, let's, <laughs> let's, let's find ask, out. Let's find out. <laughs> do they feel things? Do they? You know. What, what happens now? It, we might 
also see other connective things for like we know an Obi-Wan show and a Cassian Andor show are coming and they're both going to be pre-New Hope hopefully and theoretically uh, so maybe we'll see some more stuff to fill in things from that or picking up what Solo started and won't get to finish in its own <laughs> series of movies tell me more Crimson Dawn I mean my, my question that I coming with like from doing this podcast and what it costs to make animation, watching the final season of Clone Wars, and it's like a half second of a Dryden Voss like Clone Wars model on screen in there. I'm like, they didn't make him for no reason. Now announcing the Bad Batch, like cool. So Dryden Voss is in the Bad Batch somewhere. We paid to make this model for a reason, right? And yet somehow surprised with Deepa Palaba and Kanan showed up, even though they had the same models for half a second in Clone Wars. That's on me. <laughs> That's true because they were in the they were in that one hologram, weren't they? Yeah, that felt like a more satisfying. Like I get why this is here. Cool little Easter egg. We need some background Jedi. I was totally w- ready to write that off as like. That's why they were made. We don't need to see the skin. But Dryden Voss, I like last shot to like. Why is he here? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm. That'll come, Bob. That'll that, that he has to be there. How many has thousands to. of dollars did we spend on this to like not need that exact person or model in this shot? <laughs> I mean, um, Paul Bettany. You know, he's done with Wandavision now. He can he can pop in, pop over, and I forgot that was Paul Bettany. He's so evil there. Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I I know I'm one of the few people in the world that like adores and loves Solo as a movie and the new things it set up and the concepts that were in there are just interesting things and I would love to see Bad Batch or something else pick up more of what that established in the Star Wars world. I want to see more of, um, speaking of MCU people, uh, What's-Her-Face, the cloud rider person at the end of solo who was just she was just the villain in a uh, falcon and winter soldier no i'm making this up you're, I'm, I'm like i don't know what you're talking about uh did you watch falcon and winter soldier i did watch falcon and winter soldier it's uh blah 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 i know it's super descriptive are uh, you gonna are you gonna like ruin the end of <laughs> no 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 um Aaron Kellyman who plays uh oh, Carly Morgenthau she's in Solo That's also. right as as those folks with the masks Yeah she just likes masks It's going to get like a whole Marvel TV show reunion going in a bad batch episode <laughs> <laughs> Or 3 Yeah I don't know I I know I've kind of opined on things that I hope that I see but I guess it boiled down to like answer these big meta narrative questions in star Wars right now we're dealing with. And as an added bonus, like tell me some more about other stuff. That mm-hmm. are cool. uh, would you have anything you would add to the things you want? I don't really think so. Like I really don't need a lot of cameos necessarily of 
the main characters, but these side characters that we've been talking about, these these tapestry characters, I think, are going to be interesting to work through. Um, I don't need to see, like, the giants. You know, I don't want, like... I don't, Obi-Wan Kenobi to show up one day, you know, in this series. Yeah, it's like when he was... Spoilers for Rebels. When Obi-Wan's in one episode of Rebels, like, that's perfect, that's enough. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what I was expecting, but I'm still satisfied. Because it was Maul's arc. And it also had to do with Ezra's arc. Like, if it if it's connected that way, then yes, bring that person to complete, to set up, to, you know, to resolve something. It resolved something. So as long as we can resolve things. But this is a weird time period that we haven't quite gotten because it is so sudden to... The, it, it is so quickly after Order 66. Like, things things are happening right now. This is pre-Rebels. So it, it's right... I don't even know if Inquisitors have been invented yet. You know, like, the Empire is just getting on its feet. So what are we going to start seeing the invention of? I didn't write that note, but I would love to see more Grand Inquisitor in this show. Mm. Like, specifically... I, I'm not going to fan fiction too much, but I <laughs> like Darth Maul was meant to be this one and done villain in Phantom Menace. I feel like Grand Inquisitor as a one and done villain for season one of Rebels was so interesting and compelling on his own that I'm glad that he's getting time in the comics. And I hope that we get to know more about his past life, too. And where he came from. Yeah. And we got set up. The Sith, but not Sith. Look, well, Star Wars has a grand history of dancing around the harsh rules that it itself sets up <laughs> to have more <laughs> red lightsaber people in the world. Why not? <laughs> so, Mackenzie, are there any other final things that we want to say about what this single episode has set up? Or do you feel okay? I feel pretty good. This is a a good, solid premiere episode, and it's a good, solid premiere in the Star Wars world episode. Mm. I know we didn't talk as much about the Bad Batch themselves, but um, they do prove that they are all interesting on their own and capable of making their own decisions, and they don't operate as a magic superhero group that all decides to go one direction. I think that's what surprised me the most and delighted. I would also add like that's once I saw that these were interesting characters with feelings, which we didn't get to see of them in the Clone Wars because they had a single purpose there. Now they get to be fuller, deeper, stronger. It's like, okay, I get to see them as people. I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. I'm, Similarly delighted. They are built on stereotypes, but they're really well done. I think you have to, though, in, in some cases, because with stereotype, and I don't mean this in terms, I mean, like, character archetype stereotype. I don't mean, like, use stereotypes in your writing. Like, because <laughs> that sounds Yeah, stereotype awful. might be bad. Archetype is the better word, yeah. 
<laughs> so, but like these these character archetypes set you up for expectations. And what Star Wars, again, I, that's something I was describing earlier. Star Wars is all about your expectation for something or someone else's expectation of you is what turns and changes. The expectation of Anakin Skywalker, the expectation of Luke Skywalker, the expectation of even down to, you know, Ben Solo, you know, these expectations of what we have for these characters and how they change and evolve is what Star Wars is built on. So each one of these being a very specific war archetype and how we ex what we expect from those characters. I think we don't expect, but we also totally expect Hunter to be the person to make the decision. We're keeping Omega with us. But also the decision to that we can't keep her like it's it's we have to protect her. Yeah, I think what I like about Hunter specifically, because he's not normally a character I like, is the people around him add more flavor to his character. Mm. Like, he, yeah, he's the one who says, like, we're keeping this puppy, but he's the last one to reach that decision, <laughs> even though he's the leader. Mm -hmm. Like, clearly everyone else is for it before he gets there. True. Hmm. So I, I look forward to seeing how expectations are flipped on who these characters are and what they're about. So did you have a favorite thing from this premiere episode? I think for me, it's the one that I think they were hoping everyone would have. It's uh, at the end, Omega's on the ship for the first time and they're leaving and they go into hyperspace and you see the hyperspace things go into our eyes. And I think I saw it on Instagram once as people like, Star Wars puts out a new animated series and then it's like us <laughs> and then <it> <laughs> with like, or like me and like their, their eyes going. I'm like, yeah, that's about right. You know? Yeah. That's a great way of um, ending a premiere. It's very much the hero crossing the threshold in the spirit of Joseph Campbell of like going into hyperspace and space for the first time is just such a Joseph Campbell threshold for so many Star Wars main characters. Mm-hmm. I think for me, my favorite thing is the opposite end of the show. <laughs> At the very beginning, I know I've opined about the uh, Kanan being in there for 15 minutes and gone. Uh, but specifically that shot when he jumps across the gorge, leaving Hunter behind. He the long shot of them on opposite sides. Um, that's such a great example of visual storytelling of Kanan with his back to the clones running away. And that sets up who he is when we pick up with him again later. Um, and you get Hunter just kind of quietly accepting, not angry, not sad, not upset, just kind of accepting what happened and understanding how he failed in that moment. Hmm. And that just sets up who he is for the rest of this episode. Um, they say a picture t says a thousand words and this, this shot is that for me. It just has everything in it. And yeah. it's pretty. It's gorgeous. That wa those waterfalls in between them mm -hmm. just and it gives the animators a chance to perform. 
anytime the actors can, you know, the animators get that chance to perform as the characters without dialogue and just create a character moment like that. Like all the thoughts that rush across Hunter's face in that moment. Yeah. Really terrific. If I can ever produce anything that looks as nice as that, not that I animate, but if if there were animators working on something that I wrote and they produced something <laughs> as nice as that, I'd be thrilled. Mm-hmm. So, so beautiful. Should we talk homework time? Let's. For next time, although it is canceled, we're going to talk Infinity Train. And we're going to be all over the place with this show, so watch as much of uh, its four short seasons as you want without uh, being offended by spoilers when we chat. Uh, But Infinity Train is your homework, and interpret that as you will. As always, we want to say... Thank you to Nigel Cortino, our sound engineer, and thank you to Jacob Reed and the Champagne Drops for our theme music. You can find all of our show notes and more on writersgetanimated.podbean.com, and you can find us on Twitter, at WGAnimated, and share your thoughts with us. What do you love about Bad Batch? Are you telling other Twitter accounts that? Tell us, too. We're jealous. (laughs) Oh... I don't know what else to say. I was trying to think if I could mimic like the hyperspace sound effect. My eyes just did that. They did yeah. they did it. Did you see it? Did you see it? It's hard to do in podcast form, but it was brilliant. Oh. A plus so acting. Good. Thank you. Good night, everybody.